and be sure to access the link in this episode for access to all its giving content. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of It's Giving. I'm your host, Brandon the Introvert, and today we'll be reviewing Season 5, Episode 4 of Insecure, Faulty. Okay? So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, here we have the opening scene. It's giving beach, it's giving fun day, you know, it's the... uh. The Clips Beach event, the event that Nathan and Issa have been planning since, you know, episode two. Um, so, yeah, we're finally at the event. And, you know, Nathan's trying to figure out, he's on his host mode. He's trying to figure out where his friend Suge is since he's the one bringing food. Um, <laughs> enters Risha coming in, titties out, looking good, you know. <laughs> I just like this character, but I'm going to talk about her more l- later. But um, she calls out how they're using regular ass Avino and not sunscreen, like typical nigga shit. Um, and then we enter into the action of everything. Um, with this scene, I, I'm i a... At first, the imagery is something I just said, okay, it's, it's, it's good, it's well like shot and stuff like that. But I'm coming to really love and appreciate the imagery and setting up the scene um because it really transports you into what's going on um so yeah that's just an aside in terms of Risha we don't know where Risha's head is at yet um she seems like she might play the typical flirt but we'll see she seems like fun but we'll see we'll see Okay, so after the opening scene, enters Kelly, Molly, and Issa, looking fine as hell, perusing the scene for fine-ass niggas at the beach. Molly is ready to mingle. She's on her fuck girl shit. She's scoping out the scene. Issa tells Kelly and Molly that she plans to talk with Nathan, but they haven't talked in about a week outside of just, you know, event planning. So things may be and will be awkward between them if Issa has anything to do with it. Molly gives Issa some good advice once again. She just says, ease into it. Like, don't really, you know, don't, don't just go in head first. Like, you know, the event is going on right now. He's in host mode. Like, at the same time with, you know, he's not really... His head isn't really focused to have that, like, a fleshed-out conversation about what happened. We see Issa is upset at Crenshaw's reply to the Block and uh, MBW merger on Instagram. He replies with, hmm, so we're going to see how things devolve from there. Uh, We see, like, from episode two, we see... Crenshaw, at the end of episode two, we see Crenshaw give a look to Issa like, yeah, I told you. And we see Issa kind of being like, damn. You know, like, you could tell she still feels bad. She's still kind of insecure about everything that happened. No pun intended. But we don't know. She hasn't verbally expressed her thoughts about what happened in uh, after the fashion show. So we see now, after the merger announcement, we see Crenshaw, he don't trust Issa. And honestly, 
honestly, I don't blame him. Issa was kind of trying to play the middleman and stuff like that. It's either you believe in your client or you don't. It's obviously it's not as black and white as that. But at the same time, I feel like Issa was quicker to give in to the direction of MBW and not Crenshaw. So we're going to see how that devolves in this episode. We're going to talk about that. But moving forward, Kelly and Molly tell Issa to not worry about it, especially because she's the one that made him pop in, which is true. But at the same time, it's more than that. It's, a, it's about the principle of believing in the nigga, not so much, oh, you put him on, so you shouldn't even be worth like, no, it's not about that. Um, it's about supporting a fellow black artist, fellow black creative, and not so much... Yeah, like, nigga, I found you. I raised you up. So how dare you? Like, no, you can't be coming to people like that. So anyway, we see Issa going up to talk with Nathan. Of course, it's an awkward-ass disaster. Issa thinks Nathan is mad at her and wishes she's talked to uh, Nathan earlier. Nathan and his friends invite Issa, Kelly, and Molly to play spades. And, of course, Issa don't know how to play. And shit, neither do I. I didn't know the cutoff was 16. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so let's just talk about this scene. Even though I kind of talked about it a little bit, but let's, let's go more into it. Um, Molly seems very confident and present and assured of herself in this episode. And I, like, I'm going to keep saying I really like this new Molly. Like, she's a bad bitch. She, she knows what she wants now finally and like she knows she is the shit and she's confident in herself and i can't help but think uh about season five episode the first episode of this season when Issa was just like you weren't pressed over niggas like that in college like you knew you were that you didn't spend time like are are they you didn't do that because you know they were going to come to you regardless um and you were more confident and assured of yourself and somewhere along the way that Left, So I I like seeing a return to what Molly seemed to have been all along. So I I I love seeing that. Once again, Issa, always in these mishaps with people, we get a weird kind of tension between her and Nathan after Nathan just left her in the middle of the night. Um, And then we see Crenshaw is being shady towards Issa because she didn't truly believe in his vision. Once again, I say it's the principle of just that non-belief that quickness to kind of shift and alter your vision i i do think i mean it was a risky move still with on crenshaw's behalf like going forward with the fashion show but at the same time i give props to him because if he didn't do that no one would really see who him for who he is in terms of a creative and a fashion artist and things of that nature so I mean, it was a big risk, big reward type of thing, and it worked out. But it, it's all cool that it worked out. But Issa still needs to address, like, Issa needs to address how she moved with him, basically. Um, I really like this work storyline for Issa, mainly because it forces her to reflect on herself and her decisions and the future decisions that she'll have to make as the block founder. Like, these type of problems are just going to get more complicated. And you're going to need more tact. And you're going to need to be 
in tune with yourself so you can respond in an effective way for the business and for your clients or whoever she's representing, her partners, whatever. So this is just going to be an early lesson. I view it as an early lesson for her. If she can't move past this, then she's going to have to stop and reevaluate everything. That's how deep it is for me. Because if you can't clear this shit out with Crenshaw, then how many more times is this going to happen? Uh, (laughs) Issa and Nathan's talk is nothing short of a disaster, like I said. Nothing is really said between them besides, you know, little pleasantries in the weather. Um, I feel like Issa needs to be more direct in her communication. However, that's certainly easier said than done, especially for someone like Issa. And you could tell Nathan's kind of trying to like, he's acknowledging her, but not really listening or addressing her. I mean, also because the hosting thing, but that nigga's also emotionally inept. Or I shouldn't say emotionally inept, but like, he's kind of like Issa in the sense that he doesn't know how to articulate himself in the best way and right then and there. And I keep forgetting these niggas are in their 30s. It's like, y'all got to do better than that. But shit, maybe this is how 30 year olds are. I don't know. Uh, We see Kelly is still on a no liquor lifestyle until she's enlightened. I'm curious to see where this journey will come into play in this season. Not the no liquor lifestyle, but just like the whole I'm trying to get enlightened. I'm trying to be the best Kelly I can be. Uh, And then the final thing, spades gives me so much anxiety. I feel like we as black people, we be doing the most (laughs) when we find out other people don't know how to play spades. And I'm like, damn. I remember when I was younger, people tried to introduce it to me, but it was just too much going on. I was like, where's Go Fish? Where's Uno? Where's I to go to war? Like, I'm going to try to look up the instructions myself after this episode as an adult. Maybe I'll catch on better, but I still feel like there's a finesse and nuance that you need, and that only comes with experience. But... That aside, me and Issa, we in the same boat with the no spades having asses. (laughs) No, don't know how to play spades having asses, whatever. Um, So moving on to scene two, we're still at the beach. Uh, We see the group, you know, playing spades, having fun. Issa sees Risha and Nathan getting a little ambiguously intimate and thinks they might have something going on. As do I. You know, her foot is up on Nathan's leg. Her titties out in front of Nathan. Her arms, like, come on. I don't know if this is a part of Issa's vision or this is actually going on. Because you know how Issa be. But I don't know. It is kind of suspect to me. Issa walks away from the table until Risha spots her and calls her in. Issa asks Nathan if they're at a good spot and Nathan gives her an obviously, you know, like a fake dry answer. His friend Suge finally comes in with the food, which turns out to be Domino's. Seconds after, an earthquake shakes the whole beach and the event is immediately canceled as a precaution for like tsunamis. As the attendants are leaving, Nathan decides to move the function to a nearby bar all drinks paid for by the barbershop. Now, with Risha, 
I'm not sure if Risha is aware that Issa was watching or not. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know her yet. We don't know her yet. So I don't know how perceptive she is. I don't know how strategic she is. I don't know. After Risha and Issa's little brief conversation, I don't know. Like I keep saying, I don't know if she ran to the beach as a way of like showing off that her body, that ass. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a that's my man. You can never type of thing. Or she's truly a free spirit. Like the way she was like in the water, she wasn't really concerned with a lot of people. But once again, it could be her just faking and being like, you can't get this body. You know what I mean? Especially with Nate talking about that's Risha and just staring at her. So it's just a little suspect. It's completely understandable why Issa feels insecure about Risha. Um, When Issa asks if they're cool, Nathan, to me, gives her actual lies. Which I think, well, the taco truck started out with a lot, but tried to, you know, make up for it by telling some half truth. But whatever. Um, I still think all of that is completely unfair to Issa since she is the one that got left. Um, But perhaps consoling her was just, I feel like that was just too much for him. And that's understandable as well. But if it was too much, just say that. Um, I'm also dead at Risha and Kelly surviving a tsunami. I feel like that's typical Kelly. Like, I literally almost died. Me too. Like, that perfect, perfect, perfect. I love the, I mean, from seeing the episode, I already know they had good chemistry. But, like, this was the start of, okay, Risha seems to be kind of cool. If you can connect with Kelly on that type of level, I kind of trust you. So, we also, how to, uh... The barbershop got money to pay for everybody's uh, tab. That's another story. I was still trying to figure that one out literally the entire episode. But I don't know. Maybe they. it's because they were... Well, I'm going to keep saying. We're going to get to that. Um, so we, we're on the way to the bar. Uh, we see Nathan. Um, we're in a car with Nathan and his friends. And Nathan's on the phone with someone. He invites an unknown someone to the bar, to Sharky's. So I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, I wonder who it could be. Because Nathan got a shady past. Like, he's just, mental health aside, he's just hard to figure out. But we see Eric, uh, Nathan's friend, talking to Nathan about whether Molly's feeling her or not. And this convo leads into Nathan talking about what happened between him and Issa. And he thinks Issa really doesn't know what she wants and is giving him mixed signals he ended up leaving her because he didn't want to stay with her crying and his friends tell him that Issa probably wants more than just a friendship with him and claims that he let her friend zone him so to me this is the realization because to be honest I never I don't I really don't ship Issa with any of these niggas but a relationship with Nathan is something I never even thought about. And I figure, I feel like Nathan never really thought about either. And I think he's starting to realize the dynamic between him and Issa might be completely deeper than he originally thought. Same with me. I'm like, a relationship? I always viewed them as just like, I don't know, good friends that maybe fucked around. And, you know, like, I just view them as great friends for each other. But a relationship, I don't know. 
and it kind of makes sense for Nathan to Nathan's like I say he's kind of little off he's a little one-dimensional to me in terms of his personality not so much his story but his personality to me Nathan is just kind of dry as a character to me um so it kind of makes sense that he's just completely clueless to what Issa might be into me you know what I mean so uh, we're gonna see him so now we're in a car with Issa and her friends well Issa Molly and Kelly Risha yeah Issa Molly Kelly and Risha it's just the girls um and Issa is on Twitter. She sees another comment from Crenshaw and immediately calls uh, Koya. Just like, what the fuck is going on? Koya's like, girl, let me know if you need me. I'm a part of the hive. Let me know if you're trying to trip. That was funny. Because um, I got you. And, you know, Issa's just like, okay. You know, yeah, dude, fuck that nigga. We made him. We're going to keep it pushing because we on salary. We getting money. So Issa's completely with that type of demeanor um and then Issa texts molly about their driver and the conversation leads into nathan and how he was kind of standoffish to her all the while kelly and risha are having this deep soul sister conversation in the back Issa is unsure whether risha and nathan are together and molly takes it upon herself to straight up ask risha if her and nathan Hey, Risha, you and Nathan fucking like <laughs> I love I love that part. I kept rewinding that one. Um, and Risha said, no, they're like, you know, br- they're like brother and sister. Um, I-, I don't know. Brothers and sisters don't be up on you like that at the beach. But, you know, Risha says they're brother and sister. Nathan, I mean, we get a in-depth look into Nathan and Nathan, his car, he would have, I feel like if him and Risha were a thing, he would have said it in that car because that's kind of a raw look at Nathan's feelings. So that's just my thinking. So I believe Risha, um, after Risha's answer, Issa texts Molly that Nathan just not fucking with her then. And Molly says, what do you want to do about it then? Like you, you kind of, we have the facts now somewhat, so now it's action. Like, what do you want to do about this situation? So from this scene, I, I just love Kelly and Risha connecting. Um, it seems like Risha's just like actually a fun spirit. Like she's pure heart and spirit. And I feel like that's what Kelly is too. So I, I, I that makes sense why they would vibe. They're both eccentric. You know what I mean? So I think they're both fun as shit. And just seeing them talk and bond over just the most randomest things. And I I love it. Um, This texting convo, I love because I feel like we've all been in a situation. We texting our friends in an Uber or Lyft or whatever about either the driver drama that we just went through or a little bit of both. And this situation is both. Uh, like I said before, Issa feel like she's in the dark when it comes to Nathan. And she's kind of paranoid about Risha, and that's only complicating the situation. I love the fact that Molly helped clear her mind a bit by taking one for the team and just outright asking Risha kind of the fucking question. That was a real friend move. That was a real solid friend move. She took the load off of Issa 
and handled it herself. And you can literally see kind of the a little bit of a relief on Issa's face after hearing Reese's response. So I, I just love that. You could tell Molly really helped Issa out. Um, and not only did Molly clear the air, but she's also grounding Issa by asking her, like, what do you want? What's next? What actions will you take? And I think that's a byproduct of Dr. Rhonda. I believe that's her name, her therapist. Like, okay, we got the information. Now, what do you want to do about it? You can either sit in your emotions, which is fine, but don't sit in your emotions and feel some type of way with Nathan because you didn't express yourself. You didn't take action about anything. Um, I mean, she confronted him, but he's kind of like giving her confusing stuff. So, but at the same time, it's like, we're adults. Let's get to the root of the issue. Um, yeah, they're in their thirties. They grown. What do you want to do about it? Like, this isn't high school. We're not in our, this isn't college. Like, what do you want to do about it? And you could see Issa like, hmm, because I feel like Issa never asked herself that question. I'm not sure if she thinks she never had the tools or power to kind of direct anything um, in terms of like relationships, dynamics, all of that. Uh, so you could kind of actually see her contemplating a little bit in the car like, hmm, what do I want to do about it? Because um, she, you know, before I feel like Issa's just used to just ambiguity and vagueness and just moving from that. And I'm looking forward to see, shit, Issa, what are you going to do about it? And once again, Molly is really showing up as an excellent friend to see like this. Oh, that's why I said this show, it's going to end not with Issa and a nigga. It's going to end with Issa, Molly and her friends. I promise you. I promise you it's going to end with that because these niggas have given her nothing but grief and havoc (laughs) and it's just a mess. Her friends have always been there for her. Her friends are solid. Her friends are, I'm going to keep saying her friends are always there for her. We need our friends and ourselves and our loved ones to get ourselves into a place of security. Not no nigga. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> that was <laughs> so moving on to Sharkies. Uh, <laughs> Eric and Johnny are still, you know, battling for Molly. Um, who going to get with Molly? And Molly's enjoying this little fight. Molly's enjoying both of them arguing, you know, slightly co- uh, competing over her. Um, and I'm for it. I'm for it. Let these niggas fight and the best man win. Before everyone sits down, Issa has a third talk with Nathan. And from jump says, why did you leave me? And then once again, Nathan tries to deflect. But after Issa gives him that look like, nigga, no, we straight up, be straight up with me. He asks, what did, what are you Issa tells him that she expected him to still be there when she woke up. And Nathan's like, I didn't know we had expectations for each other and says he probably regrets kissing her. Issa apologizes for the night and says she shouldn't have invited him to spend the night. And it looks like like to me, this wasn't uh, okay. this conversation is over. They hash it out. It wasn't. There's still more questions because obviously we're not talking about feelings. We're talking about 
logistics. We're talking about expectations. We're talking about, oh, I shouldn't have invited you. We're not talking about feelings. Um, but before Issa, it looks like she's about to say something, at least for me. But before she could say anything, um, an unknown couple greets Nathan, assuming this is these are the people that Nathan was on the phone with, um, telling them to come through. Turns out the couple are uh, two people named Thomas and Velma. Thomas is Nathan's cousin and Velma is Thomas's wife. And we get a reveal that Nathan has lived with them in the past. So from this, I I wonder who's going to win in the end with Molly. Eric is definitely finer. Um, I shouldn't say finer. Everybody's in power, but... They're both kind of lame, but in terms of just fucking for the night, I would go with Eric if I was you, girl. Um, Issa, like I said, has another talk with Nathan. This time, to me, it's a little more, it has a little more substance than the previous ones. But Issa, along with me, is still dissatisfied with the outcome of the conversation. You can tell Issa probably has feelings for Nathan, and honestly, I'm not sure what love Nathan has for Issa outside of friendship because he's been so like so just deflecting everything. So I honestly don't know where this might end up. Nathan just appeared out of nowhere in season five. So this is this is still a lot for me. Like I wasn't when I thought about season five, I thought about the crew, meaning Issa, uh, Molly, Kelly, Tiffany. Lawrence, Canola, and pretty much that's it. <laughs> like the, I didn't expect Nathan. At this point, Daniel might come out the woodwork. At this point, TSA nigga might come out the work work. I hope the blood nigga comes out. Uh, comes out because he, yeah. I, it when I see him, I think of like earlier insecure. So it kind of gives me a good feeling. Um, back at the dunes and stuff like that. So, but. That's an aside. Well, we're definitely going to see him before this series ends. We have to. Um, But anyway, I'll say on Issa's side, if the dynamic wasn't established, she shouldn't have had expectations for Nathan. So that's valid on Nathan's side. But with Nathan, I wish she was just a little more empathetic towards her. You can see she's suffering. Like she's, she's constantly asking you what's going on and you just keep acting like she's whatever or not even she's whatever she's just like not worthy of a real enough answer you're not giving her a straight up answer she's obviously in some type of conflict so hence the sad eyes since hence the the crying like she's going through a lot nathan so it's just like have some some type of empathy empathy to be like Okay, Issa's going through something. Let me be real with her. Let's get to the bottom of this. But he, but maybe Nathan is also going. He's always going through something. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's up with Nathan. But anyways, we're introduced to a couple that turns out to be Nathan's family that resides in L.A. And Issa never knew. We find out that he used to stay with them for some time. And you can kind of tell there's some hostility between him and Velma. So obviously something happened between him and Velma. Um, and we're going to talk about that later on because that's that's a lot to hash out. Moving forward, we we get a little touching story about Thomas and Nathan. Um, 
how they went to a chameleonaire party, which turns into Thomas sharing that Nathan left him alone at the party because he swore he was going to be a touring manager for them. And Velma kind of corroborates the fact that Nathan is constantly leaving and is MIA, like a light-skinned leaf. Issa, you could tell everybody, well, that was kind of funny, but obviously, you know, no one not... Basically, Issa's the only one that knows that he's bipolar. So, and she sees that Nathan is obviously hurt. People just think it's just Nathan leaving just for the fuck of it. But obviously, he might probably was having, you know, manic episodes. So Issa, I mean, still awkward, but she defends him by sharing that she's appreciative for Nathan and appreciative for him helping her find her roots. Um, And you could tell Nathan, Nathan appreciates that, appreciates that defense. Later on, we see the group finds out about a Jason Derulo party and they all want to go. Molly leaves Johnny and Mr. Jingles to go. He said, Mr. Jingles, cool to go with Eric to the party. And I don't blame her. What she said, she said he focusing on the wrong cat. Um, But anyways, uh, Kelly, like Molly has a lot. It's not going to be talked about a lot, but Molly Loki has a good amount of one liner. Well, no, she don't. No, she don't. I'm thinking of Kelly and Risha. Um, But that was a good one. Uh, Kelly stays with Risha. They're having a breakthrough. They need more taquitos. <laughs> um, and Nathan invites Thomas and Velma. Velma leaves to, you know, go with the kids or leave the babysitter. Uh, but Thomas stays with them, uh, with them. So we see the pieces of the puzzle. They're starting to fall into play a little bit. The subject of just Nathan always leaving is becoming more and more prominent. Like you just see, like we're getting closer and closer. We're getting more pieces. We're we're having pe- we're having his family involved in the story now, and we're seeing his interactions with his family. And it's also surprising. Like you can tell, they don't know he's bipolar. You can tell that because they wouldn't have. I'm assuming they wouldn't have made jokes like that if they knew that. You know what I mean? So that's also interesting. Why doesn't Nathan trust these people? Why doesn't Nathan trust his family? You know what? That's just mental health. Mental health. That's a, that's a touchy. That's that's touchy. That's touchy to just tell people, oh, I have bipolar. Because they have these conceptions of you. They think you're one thing. But you, you know what I mean? So that's so we're going to get more into that. Um, Issa fending for Nathan shows that she's... Although they still got their little thing... In terms of their little dispute, you could tell she still she still respects Nathan and still fucks with him in that way enough to defend him in front of everyone. Um, like I said, the execution was awkward, but Nathan really appreciated uh, her standing up for him. And they kind of share a little silent eye connection with each other. And he even invites her to Derulo's party. So we'll see how this ends up. It's cute. It's cute. The invitation, obviously also represents like they're actually good now like they're not fake good they're actually good and you could tell Issa really accepts the invitation and really appreciates it before she wasn't even trying to go to Sharky's but now Nathan is inviting her to go with them so I like that I like I like that I don't 
like how it took Issa defending him to realize, oh, Issa is coming. You know what I mean? But all aside, they seem to be happy. Issa, you got to want better for yourself sometimes. Uh, (laughs) So we on the way to Darulo's party. Most of the group, uh, they're on their way. You know, Velma stays back. Kelly and Risha stays back. Thomas and Nathan are still catching up. And Issa sees uh, another tweet from uh, Crenshaw and sees all these replies, like, what's going on? What's happening? Trouble in the neighborhood. We see Koya defending. So Issa takes it upon herself to personally DM him and soon after gets a text from Koya in response to Crenshaw screenshotting her DM and posting it. Issa literally, fuck! (laughs) <laughs> out loud in the car and you could tell shit just hit the fan uh in term yeah i'm gonna get <laughs> i keep saying i'm gonna get into it because i want to i want to talk about the scene but i also want to talk about the scene if that makes sense i want to break down the scene i want to summarize it but i also want to talk about my thoughts but i'm gonna i'm gonna try to separate those two i'm gonna try to summarize then analyze um but anyway, the Crenshaw, the little social media debacle is just getting worse and worse. Uh, Issa sees that now he's he's still talking shit about her publicly. Although Koya has been defending Issa, Issa takes it upon herself to personally message Crenshaw. Bad idea. And the message itself gives, you better be happy for what I get. Like what uh, kind of Kelly and Molly were alluding to, like you made him, you made him pop in. So I think Issa kind of has this inflated, a little bit of inflated ego. It was just like, this, this is a weird way of showing your thanks to me. Like what? That was kind of an asshole move. Um, kind of, not kind of, it is kind of a little elitist, like she's above him or something like that. And that goes against the block brand built. I don't even know. Let me not (laughs) try to say what it means. I'm going to look it up next episode. But block, I feel like, is about community and working together as black people. So black people shouldn't be tearing down each other. Even though Crenshaw was wrong. Issa, Crenshaw was wrong. Crenshaw was wrong, but he's violent in his hurt. But I don't agree with going on social media and doing that. Issa's wrong for handling this in a I'm above you type of way. She needs to talk with Crenshaw person to person, hash it out, not DM him. Um, that To me, that's the only way Issa will be able to fix this. That's the only way. You can't be Twitter wars never end up. Uh, they never end up right. Uh, never. So we're at Jason Derulo's uh, little party. Eric is trying to contact his contact to get everyone into the party. Issa's worried about MBW seeing, you know, the whole Twitter shit. I feel like they're going to be like, this is some nigga shit. But Koya reassures her that everything will be okay. You know, the internet has a short attention span, which is true. Molly checks in on Issa and... Issa tells Molly, like, you know, just dealing with some work shit, but I handled it. Molly's like, cool. And she asks Issa, like, should she fuck Eric? Eric says he can only get one person in and, of course, chooses Molly, which saddens Mo. 
And, um, yeah. I'm interested in seeing how MBW views this social media spat. Uh, I think they're going to view it as nigga drama. I know East is going to think they're going to view it as nigga drama. And maybe they'll distance themselves. But at the same time, if you're an actual org, I feel like PR shit happens like this. And not PR shit, but like, I feel like this back and forth isn't that bad. I just think the Internet amplifies everything to a huge degree because the words themselves, they are, you know, disrespectful, but they're not... No one's really cussed. No one's called each. I mean, he said fake and stuff, but still, like he didn't say this bitch. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it can still be hashed out in a respectful way. If MBW was an actual, well, honestly, they don't have to get in between it. But I feel like if they wanted to, serving as a mediator between Issa and Crenshaw, I think would be somewhat of a good way but i still think Issa and crenshaw need to have their own talk um because indirectly mbw kind of has a little bit of deal in this because they try to diminish crenshaw's vision they didn't believe in crenshaw's vision they basically had Issa be their middleman so i i do think mbw had a part to play in this in this divide um but yeah, I know some type of meeting is going to happen. We already know. Uh, Koya really is a ride or die. That's just a little side note. And another side note, I hope Molly, like I said, I hope she only fucks him and that fucks Eric and only fucks Eric. That Chinese uh, tattoo shit was lame. He seems lame and he seems like a child. And that Jason Derulo line was so sad, but it was pretty funny. He was like, Jason Derulo. <laughs> um, so we still at the party. Issa tells everyone that Molly found it in at, I think, believe the like the side of the house or in the back, something like that. But anyway, she found it in. We see Thomas leaving. I'm like, damn, you weren't going to tell Nathan you were about to leave. But Nathan catches up to him and figure out why he's leaving. And uh, Thomas says, you know, after uh, Eric said he could only get one person in, he called his lift. Uh, their convo kind of evolves into an actual discussion about how Thomas truly views Nathan. He claims that Nathan would just enter and leave whenever he pleased and without warning. And, you know, he got kids, so you can't be leaving the door unlocked. You can't be doing that. So that's valid. But the plot twist, dun, 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 he was the one that kicked him out and he placed blame on Velma, who agreed to it to keep the peace. So that's a lot to take in. And we're going to get into that. Oh, that's going to be my catchphrase in a minute. Um, Issa catches up to Nathan and, you know, is confused why Thomas left. She sees Nathan just look down. Nathan tells Issa he just needs a minute from everything and walks off, most likely, not even most likely, to reflect about the news he just received. Because that's a lot to take in, um, especially believing one thing and then you something else. Uh, Thomas does have some valid points. However, it was completely wrong of him to put the kicking out on Velma. 
And to not be transparent to Nathan and having him think it was his cousin's wife that kicked him out. To me, that's foul. It's uncomfortable. Don't get me wrong. Nathan was wrong for, you know, leaving doors unlocked, coming in and out of the night. What have you. But Thomas, you got to. That's your house. That's your cousin. You need to step up. Tell him, Nathan. We can't have this. We got kids. But you rather not tell him anything and just kick him out and then blame it on your wife. So now Nathan just having all this contempt against your own wife and the mother of your kids because you couldn't (laughs) you couldn't tell him. So that's just completely fucked up. And I know that probably rocked Nathan's whole world thinking his cousin was for him And, you know, Velma was the bad guy. Meanwhile, it was his cousin. So I know that's going to fuck him up. I know it is. And I also feel like Nathan is probably thinking, like, damn, maybe I should have told them. But at the same time, like, that's a hard, that's hard. That's hard to process. That's a lot to think about. So I I feel for Nathan uh, with this. So the final scene. Nathan reveals to Issa, I keep saying Issa, uh, reveals reveals to Issa that he never told them about how he was manic and wanted them to see how he has his life together, kind of as a way to prove himself to them and probably prove all this shit to himself. Like, I'm consistent. I can hold a job. I'm solid. All of that. Um, And doing so kind of did it in vain. Man, did he do it in vain? I think because he thought it was Velma, he was trying to prove to Thomas. He he probably thought Thomas was... He probably thought Thomas still believed in him, and it was Velma. I mean, he did think that, but he, he thought that Velma was the bad guy. Thomas still believed in his cousin, and the reason why he was out on the street was because of Velma. So he's probably trying to prove to Thomas, thinking Thomas is still viewing him in high regard, that he has his shit together. But in fact, like I said, it was Thomas who was being a snake. So all of this, I feel like, was in vain because it's just like, Thomas, don't prove yourself to somebody that didn't even give you a chance and couldn't even be real with you in that way. And Nathan goes on to say he can't help how others see him. And in the same breath tells Issa he can't help the way she sees him. And they both look at each other, googly-eyed under the full moon. Issa expresses how she's afraid to get her hopes up out of fear of failure and admits she wants to be more than just friends. Nathan also expressed how he wants to be more than just friends with her. And as soon as they kiss, an earthquake starts. I just didn't like this scene. It was just too mushy-gushy for me. But this scene overall, I didn't... It was just a lot to take in. It turns out it was Thomas. And now we see Nathan and Issa are together. That's a lot. Um, I think this scene is great outside the mushy-gushy stuff because it shows that both Issa and Nathan are letting their guard down and letting go of their burdens of rejection. Um, and they move with their emotions. Like I said, you, y'all got to talk about emotions. They were talking about too much 
they were too focused on like, well, I shouldn't have invited you. Well, I shouldn't have kissed you. Let's talk about why you invited uh, him. Let's talk about why you ki- you kissed her. Let's talk about why you left her. Issa, let's talk about why you teared up with him right next to you. Like, I feel like they're, they, they're finally getting to that, but they need to, they're both some emotionally reserved niggas. And it's hard. It's vulnerable. It's, it's hard. They both have fear of rejection. They're both vulnerable. Um, so it's hard, but at least they're here now. Um, I'm curious to see where this goes. It's what, that was episode four, six more episodes. We started a whole new relationship in the final season. I'm curious to see how this goes. Uh, but anyways, that wraps up the analysis, summary, whatever the fuck you want to call it, of episode four. Faulty, okay? Hmm, now for the score. I don't want to call it a score. I don't like that. It's too competitive, but I, hmm, I'd say this episode, hmm, 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 I'd say this episode is giving an 8.3 mainly because i don't know i just felt like stuff happened but it wasn't i don't know it was a little too goofy this episode which is usually fine if it's like comedic and you know but i don't know i think we saw a lot of development with isa professionally personally and of course we saw a lot of development with nathan personally but to me I feel like they went into this relationship a little too quick. Like, it was completely unexpected. I'm just like, what? And it kind of... I can't help but think, is Nathan doing this to prove something to himself and others again? Prove he can hold a relationship down? Because he's already trying to prove he can hold a job down and do all this other stuff. And is Issa kind of trying to prove to herself something else i don't know like it, it just it seemed too quick the, a couple weeks ago you were crying you know what i mean i think a lot is going on in her life but i don't know on Issa's side i i think it's more believable because i think she's leading with her emotions and she realizes that's what she's going to have to do and be vulnerable to live out this life um not even relationship life but just in general Nathan just seems like, okay. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like if Issa didn't do all of that, they never would have came to that conclusion. I feel like Issa's kind of always been the initiator of a lot of the emotional moments between her and uh, Nathan. So uh, we'll see how it all depends on Nathan. It all depends on Nathan. And in terms of Molly, you know, she she on her bag, y'all shit. Um, ooh, excuse me, I'm not even curvy, let me stop. Um, but yeah, she's on her hot girl shit. Nothing much has really changed, but 
she's a good friend. She's constantly shown that she's still being a good friend. She is a good friend and therapy is working and Kelly's still on her enlightenment journey. But overall, like the earthquakes were a little like the earthquake at first was like, okay, LA does have earthquakes. But then again, and right when they kiss, it was a little too cheesy. I still feel like Kelly isn't being used as a character for like in the way she needs to be used. Um, I just think she's just here for the comedic time. So I, I want to see her utilized as a full, fully fleshed out character. Um, I'm just not a fan of Nathan's friends at all. So that also diminished the quality of this episode to me. Um, but overall, it's not a bad episode, but it's not a great episode either. So that that's why I'm giving it, yeah, 8.3. Minimum 8, maximum 8.5, but I'm going to say 8.3. And, um, yeah, that's what it is. That's what I'm giving it today and the next day and the day after that. So if you don't agree with it, you know, that's on you. But let me not get aggressive. (laughs) But 8.3 is giving it 8.3. Insecure. Season 5, episode 4, Faulty. Okay. And there you have it, y'all. Thank you for listening again to It's Giving. Once again, I'm your host, Brandon the Introvert. And see you guys next time.